Hey everyone, it's Danny. Thanks so much for joining us on this next episode of Infinite Hope. We aim to bring you engaging sermons, conversations, and interviews that not only bring you closer to God, but towards finding hope in your everyday life. Here's today's interview. You ready? Absolutely. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, would you mind introducing yourself and uh, telling me a little bit more about you? All right. Um, my name is Damon Woolfolk. I'm uh, originally from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I uh, uh, matriculated at Alabama A&M University, mm-hmm. a town where there's actually a, a, a historically black um, Seventh-day Adventist college, mm-hmm. Oakwood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was there while at um, A&M, Alabama A&M, that I, uh, I learned about Seventh-day Adventists, which was uh, this weird group of people that, that uh, worshiped on Saturdays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. What was your first reaction to Seventh-day Adventism? Well, I mean, the, the first reaction when I got to town, I got to Huntsville, Alabama, yeah, uh, met a couple of people, um, met, had a, a local family friend that lived in a town. She kind of drove me around, kind of you know showed me uh, the city. And when I was there, Seventh-day Adventists just kept coming up because of Oakwood. It was such a, you know, it was three universities there. It was Alabama A&M. Um, uh, it was uh, Alabama, uh, what is it? What's the name of it? UAH, um, University of Alabama in Huntsville is mm-hmm. what it is. And then it was Oakwood. Mm-hmm. And then there was a junior college. And so when I heard about Seventh-day Adventists, um, the first thing was, you know, they said it's a private school. Um, and it's a, it's a, it was college at the time. It wasn't mm-hmm. the university. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, uh, you know, they're, they're Seventh-day Adventists. I said, well, what is that? And they said, well, the way that people explained it is they go to church on Saturday. I was like, why do you go to church on Saturday? Don't they know you go to church on Sunday? Mm-hmm. And so uh, little did I know later on I'd be joining that group of people that, that, that kept God's true Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool. Uh, so as you kind of got to know um, a little bit more about Seventh-day Adventism. Um, how did that, or did it change your perspective on God um, or the relationship you have with God? Did you have a relationship with God beforehand? How did that, that kind of work out? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, um, going back, my family wasn't uh, a religious family at all. Um, mm-hmm. I, believe, I, I know that there were believers in the family, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we were just a fun-loving family. Um, it probably was a lot more laughter and partying um, type of a family, a family that everybody wanted to be around for in enjoyment in that way. Sure. And so um, growing up, there were a couple of people. I, I remember a great aunt that uh, that we would go and visit her. We, her name was Aunt Sis. Mm-hmm. We would go and visit her at times. And um, uh, she 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 would say these deep things to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I pray that God's calling on your life. You know, like, what does that mean? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, be fulfilled, those types of things. And she was she was uh, a mother of her church, so to speak. It was like the equivalent of a female elder in okay. her church. And, and there were other people. I had a, had a cousin, Phyllis Evans, who um, at times when the family was going to be getting together and they were going to be partying, they would sometimes dump the, the kids, the younger kids off on um, my cousin Phyllis. And mm-hmm. uh, she was really more like an aunt to me. And uh, she 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 was the one like New Year's. She would, you know, hey, guys, let's let's get down. Let's have a prayer. Let's open up the new year with a prayer. Those were things that that were kind of influential in my life early on. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until my family basically decided that they were going to put me into um, private school. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, they pulled me out of the Chicago public school system and put me into uh, a Catholic school system. And um, and so while I was there, um, you you start to get a lot more of that overt religion. 
and you start to see um, services and people who go to church on a regular basis and um, a, a priest and a nun who was very um, influential um, both in the school and in the community. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they, they had a, a huge impact on my life. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and even at one point um, uh, I, I became an altar boy and they had decided that, Hey, you know, um, yeah, we, we really want you to consider going into the ministry. And so, uh, you know, at the time I was going to a school, it used to be St. Raphael, it became St. Benedict the African. And um, about my seventh, eighth grade year, I, I, I told uh, uh, the, we, we referred to him as Papa Smurf. Um, his, uh, his name was Father Sykes. He was this white bearded, just yeah. like real fun loving person, um, person that you can really confide in. And, and, uh, and, and he, he almost, is almost like he, I, I can't explain it. It was the closest thing to Jesus that I'd ever seen walking the earth, you know? Wow. And so uh, he, he just had committed himself to ministry and mm-hmm. had been a blessing to the church, to young people. And, uh, and everybody just affectionately referred to him as Papa Smurf, but it was him. It was he that, uh, that actually approached me and said, Hey, you know, you should consider going into the ministry. Mm-hmm. And I felt like maybe God had a call on my life. I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was a little afraid of the concept of, you know, if I go into priesthood that I'll never get married, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I'll never have a a family children. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was the only aspect of it that, that was holding me back. And I was, you know, I was kind of prayerful about it and saying, Hey Lord, I'll do this, but I I do, I I really would like to get married one day and and have children. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, father sites, he uh, took me at the time you had to, in Chicago, you have to test into high school. And so, uh, there was a school, uh, Quigley South, which was the college preparatory school for, it was, it was preparatory for the ministry. You go into mm-hmm. a seminary, a seminary preparatory school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had committed, I had taken the test, even though I had a little bit of angst about this concept of, you know, if I went down this path that, that I wouldn't be able to have a family be married. Um, I, I was open to the concept of it. And so in essence, what happened was I tested into the school. He, he, he made sure that I was, the, I was, I had a ride there for the testing and had rides back. And he was kind of mentoring me and coaching me through that process. And, um, I call it a mar- miracle because I asked God a simple prayer just throughout the process. I said, Lord, you know, if this is what you would have me to do, mm-hmm. then, um, then open up the doors, but if not close the doors, that was, mm-hmm. that was my, my, my simple prayer. Yeah. And uh, would you have it that uh, Quigley South, uh, the Archdiocese of Chicago, the year that I was supposed to go into um, school, that Archdiocese of Chicago was having a budget crunch and they closed down Quigley South. Really? So I took that as a very personal response <laughs> to my my prayer. And, 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 and I think like a lot of young people, instead of me taking that and saying, hey, I'm going to run with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know God has a call for my life. It just wasn't this one thing. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of said, oh, good. I could put that up on the shelf and uh, I don't have to deal with that right now. And so later on, I, uh, I'll figure out what that what that means. And so uh I went to school in Huntsville, coming back mm-hmm. to your, your original question. I went to school in Huntsville about, uh, I went from 94 to 98. And so, um, when I, when I got there, I met a young man, uh, Ryan Swain, who's a, a good friend and a brother today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was seventh day Adventist. When I first met him, uh, he was just, you know, it's a smart kid that's on the campus and, uh, and, uh, he's from the general area that I was from. He was from Gary, Indiana. Okay. And, uh, and but he was seventh day Adventist and he was the only seventh day Adventist that I'd ever met. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, later on we, we formed a friendship. Um, we pledged a fraternity together 
got a chance to uh, to get to know each other a little bit deeper, started studying the Bible. And it was my first opportunity to kind of ask some of those deep questions about what does seven day Adventist believe? Wow. Wow. What were some of those questions? Well, you know, I mean, that, that first question, the introduction to uh, you know, Seventh Day Adventist, uh, I said, what is a Seventh Day Adventist? Like, what, is, what is that all about? And they said, hey, they go to church on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that first question was, why do you guys go to church on Saturday? And, <laughs> uh, and I asked him that question and he really didn't want to deal with that at that point. Hmm. Um, because he was trying to deal with some very basic things that we had maybe in common mm -hmm. about, you know, God, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, mm -hmm. uh, about salvation, about some of those things. And, uh, he didn't really want to deal with that, but I wasn't going to let him off the hook. I mean, you know, we, we had, we had our Bible study that it was a Friday night. We had our <laughs> Bible study and I was going to press him. I, I wanted to know, why do you go to church on Saturday? Yeah. And, um, and so it was, it was with a, 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 a lot of, he did, he wanted to withhold that answer, but he, he, he went ahead. He said, all right. He kind of sensed that he had to deal with it. And he, he, he started to dig through the, um, the, the Bible. He dealt through historic events, mm -hmm. he dealt with encyclopedias, dictionaries, and just laid out, uh, why God has always had a people since mm -hmm. the very creation that kept the Sabbath, even through mm -hmm. the dark ages, mm -hmm. the Waldensians and so mm -hmm. forth. He, he, he dealt with that and how God is looking for, he's going to come back for a people mm -hmm. that, uh, that keep that Sabbath as well. And so, uh, by the time he got done with answering my questions, I, I, I had no more, you know, it, I had all my answers and I just said, Hey, um, come pick me up tomorrow. We're going to church. Yeah. Wow. That's cool testimony. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Thank you for sharing. Uh, when, uh, maybe when's not the right, uh, uh, descriptor, but, uh, was there a, a turning point in your life where you, maybe experience Jesus for the first time in a personal way. And what, if that was so, how did that, what did that look like for you? Mm. Yeah. Experiencing Jesus in a personal way. I, I think it, it probably started with maybe some of those early uh, prayers that you, you ask um, when you're going through tough times. And it's one of those things like, Lord, if you do this, then mm. it was almost like you're making a deal with God, you know, <laughs> Lord, if you do this, um, get me into this setting or this scenario, or get me out of this setting in this scenario, mm -hmm. then I, then I'll, then I'll serve you. I, I think I had a number of moments like that. And I felt that God specifically answered, answered that. I, I even remember I, I was a neighborhood barber, barber along with a, a good friend of mine. He was my next door mm -hmm. neighbor yeah. and we learned how to cut hair. We had clippers. <clears throat> We'd gone to the barbershop, had our head haircuts and, mm -hmm. and we paid attention and, and, and started to, to hone our craft of cutting hair. We cut them, the neighborhood kids hair. And I remember in that bar, barber shop setting in my basement, mm -hmm. I would, uh, uh, we would have some deep conversations and, and yeah. one of the conversations was around, you know, year 2000, everybody thought that was going to be the end of the world. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I remember saying specifically to my friends, um, but it was really kind of a heart cry. I was like, you know, Lord, I, I don't, you know, if the way, just let me live my life up until 1999 and then I'll, I'll, I'll commit myself to you before mm -hmm. you come back. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I had this, I had this, uh, 
almost like this deal that I was making with God. And, and the funny thing is, is, you know, later on, it, it actually happened a little earlier than that because I, I actually uh, joined the church probably in 97, 98 ish, right around in there. And, um, and it was, it was leading up to that. But at the time that I was making that decision, I wasn't making that decision because of 2000 anymore. It was because of a series of events and me meeting this friend and yeah. starting to study the Bible, him asking me to study the Bible mm -hmm. and just having, and it was like, God, God honored his portion of the deal. He allowed me to live my life. And I did, I did, I, I, I cut the fool for a little bit and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of things that I wish I hadn't done, but, um, but yeah. he, he made good on his promise. He was there for me mm -hmm. and he, he presented the opportunity so that I could learn the truth and so that I could give my life to him. So I just feel like, you know, I never had this 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 sky opening, you know, mm -hmm. a voice, you know, come down to me. But 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 just systematically, God being in my mm -hmm. life during dark moments, during periods of time that I that I that I knew that He was very real and He was there with me. Yeah. So you felt like there, throughout all of your life, there's just been kind of confirmations along the way, not necessarily hearing the voice of God overtly, but it's just like, oh, this prayer was answered in yeah. this story and this yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Have you ever, throughout all of that, and you know, we're kind of unpacking your story a little bit more um, through joining the Seventh Day Adventist Church and and being part of that faith community. Did you ever feel like an outsider? Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> at the time that I joined the church, I, I pledged a fraternity, and I was the president of my my fraternity. We referred to the the position as pole mark, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, you know, one would argue that I was the chief of sinners, you know what I mean? And so uh, um, it was while I was at this peak of uh, worldliness. And so, you know, so and nothing wrong with being in a fraternity, but it was just mm -hmm. the aspect of I know where, what, what I was doing at the time. <laughs> and I know what my lifestyle was at the time. But yeah. it was at the peak of doing this and, and kind of doing my own thing um, that I that I that I started to uh, to to study the Bible with this friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And um, and when I when even at the time when when we were studying the Bible, I could see in hindsight how God was slowly leading me away from my current lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But it was it was pretty pretty dramatic how how quickly it happened. And so I was coming out of you know the typical college partying. You know what I mean? Um, everything was just about me, me, me and, and, and my circle of friends and us having a good time mm -hmm. that, um, that I said, Hey, I'm going to start studying the Bible and I'm going to start going to church. Mm -hmm. And, and those two lifestyles just, I mean, they didn't go hand in hand because yeah. I would, I would sit there and there were times when, when there would be an altar call and I felt like the preacher was literally telling my story. And wow. like he knew exactly what I was doing the day before mm -hmm. and and I wasn't comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I, I came into the church. And so when I came into the church, one of the things that that kind of stood out was I started to hang around this group of of uh, young people who were Seventh Day Adventists. And uh, and they were they were entrenched in in the word of God. They mm -hmm. were they were they, they had a, uh, a certain <clears throat> language that they spoke to. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there were things that, that, that I, that, that was very foreign to me. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming in and feeling like I didn't, I didn't have a clue what they were talking about or what their yeah. experiences were as I first came into the church. And slowly 
I started to understand and I would ask questions mm -hmm. and, um, and, and those experiences became a little more real to me, but yeah, absolutely. I felt like an outsider when I first came to the church. Wow. Yeah. Was there someone that walked with you through some of that? Were there people along the way that brought you in and included you? Yeah, there were some bodies. I think about, um, uh, the first time that I, there was two times I, one time I was, I was going to make a, st a stand for God. Um, Barry Black had come to town, um, a popular preacher mm -hmm. um, in Adventist church. And, uh, and, and now, now more, more uh, has been more in, in, I guess, Navy, is it? I can't remember where Barry Black, but uh, the military, some form of the military yeah. and, and branch of the military. But he also um, had, has been influential in Congress and being a, mm -hmm. being kind of an advisor, a spiritual advisor to many Congress people um, and senators and so forth. But I remember him preaching one time and the altar call was being made and I'm literally, I'm gripping the bottom of the pew because I feel like something is like trying to stand me up mm -hmm. to go and make my stand for God. Mm -hmm. And I'm gripping the bottom of the pew not to stand up and tears start running down my face. And I, you know, it's like, what, what kind of resistance is going on here? It was a, it was spiritual warfare going on wow. at the time. And I wanted to make a stand, but it's almost like I couldn't make a stand. And, yeah. I, and I did, I stood up and I went for the altar call. And at that point in time, it was, I don't know, I, I guess the, maybe the, the technicality of the people saying, do you want to be baptized? They didn't ask that question. Mm. They were asking, you know, who are here, who's here for this, who's here for that. And they didn't do follow up on those cards that I did when I made that stand because they had so many people coming to hear this popular preacher that yeah. was in town. Yeah. Then the second time it was a church that I had plugged into. And out of that one, um, I was introduced <laughs> to a Bible worker who was a retired Bible worker. Her name was Sister Green. Mm -hmm. And she was very influential because she was like a mother, a grandmother and a spiritual leader in teaching me. And she just took me through amazing facts. Yeah. She took me through amazing facts. She taught me how to pray, mm -hmm. how to study my Bible. Mm -hmm. um, just real, very, very basic things. And she spent maybe about an hour every couple of days we would we would go through. And, and I got to the point where I was I was just consuming these lessons and uh, and I wanted to meet more on a more regular basis. And um, I think her, uh, my spiritual friend, uh, Ryan, a brother, Ryan Swain, um, and then after joining the church, there were many, many more that I met yeah. along the way, pastors and so forth yeah. that, that served as mentors to kind of help me to adjust mm -hmm. and get into the church. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you've mentioned that some of the people that have helped you through that. Um, has there been a moment in your life when the church has hurt you? Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, when, when people ask a question like that, it's like, you know, does the building hurt you? you know? <laughs> right. right, right. Yeah. The, the building doesn't hurt you. It's, it's actually somebody, yeah. um, who has let you down, yeah. who, um, uh, who, who, who's said or done something hurtful. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, uh, early on when I came into the church, uh, I mentioned how I was at this public university. We, um, we had done, we, me and my, my friend, we started a campus ministry. Mm -hmm. And so when we started this campus ministry, it started out just us giving, trying to get a group of people together to study the Bible. And then we started inviting some of the local elders and, and, and people that we looked up to to come in and speak. And before you know it, we had a full-fledged evangelistic crusade on a public university that yielded 100 
baptisms in the wow. public university swimming pool. Wow. Right. And so, uh, wow. um, so I, I, I was going through this high experience of coming to God, mm-hmm. having an early impact in doing evangelism and, and, and sharing God's message to my peers, mm-hmm. ones that, that, that saw night and day change in my life yeah. and, um, and being with a, a group of young people that were doing it. And uh, the evangelist was a very powerful, powerful preacher and could speak to people who, um, who maybe came from inner city surroundings. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it was some years later, the Lord allowed me to settle into the church some years later that I found out that uh, he had been taken advantage of sexually of wow. several young girls and uh, young, young ladies. Um, and, you know, when I found this out, these were, these were people that were my friends, my spiritual sisters. And because this powerful experience was attached to mm-hmm. um, this, this spiritual high point in my life, it started to make you question, was yeah. that real? Was that experience real? Was it a, was, was it a delusion? You know, mm-hmm. um, should you really even be involved mm-hmm. with, with a church that, that has leaders that do something like that? Yeah. And, uh, and that, that was a very dark moment for me, but I had to, I had to, the, the Lord blessed me in that at that point I was pretty deep in my studies mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and there's a, a passage of scripture. Can I share it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's please. a passage of scripture, um, that, that comes to mind. It's found in, uh, Psalms 146 and, uh, specifically when it starts to talk about, um, verse three, uh, uh the verse three, it says, put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man in whom there is no help. And then it goes down in verse five, but it says, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. Mm. And uh, it was a a point when I had to take, um, stop putting my trust in leaders, religious leaders and religious mentors. And and I had to, to say, hey, look, this is about you and God. It's not about you and somebody else's Mm-hmm. Uh, mishaps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about where, where do you stand with God? Are you going to allow something like that to, to shake you off of the course mm-hmm. in which he's laid before you? And so uh, that's how I kind of grounded myself. Um, yeah. But, it, but it, it wasn't uh, without a lot of tears and hurt and, 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 um, and, and trying to contemplate and think through this. Mm-hmm. Enemy used this at, for at a period of my life. He really tried to use this and hang this over my head as yeah, are you sure you should be a part of something like this? Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who's who's wrestling with that right now that may have had a, a a discouraging situation happen to them like you had with the church? What would you say to someone that is going through that? Yeah. Um, I guess the, the the thing that I would say is and kind of getting back to to what I what I said is um why did you join the church? Why did you why why were you a part of that? that body why why did you have this experience in your life was it because of that person mm-hmm. or was it because of jesus was it because of god because because of what you what you learned these truths that you come to know yeah. um and and when you realize that that you know even if we're honest, we all struggle. The Bible talks about, you know, the sin which doth so easily beset us. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things. If God pulled back the veil of our lives, yeah. we'd all feel naked, right? Yeah. And so I, I think about that. And so we're quick to judge when we see somebody else have a mishap and kind of say, hey, this is a, a reason why I don't want to be involved with the church. Mm-hmm. But if we think about it, you know, God has taken 
everybody along a journey and trying to pull them away from a lifestyle. And so I guess guess my words would be um, think about really why you mm -hmm. you joined. Why did you do um, or, or become a believer? Mm -hmm. And if it was because of that person, then you probably should 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 leave. Yeah. But if it was because of something deeper, um, then then you'll get through it. I mean, it. Unfortunately, it won't be the first and last time that somebody will, will be let down in that way. But um, but 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 allow your 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 anchor to hold on on that rock. Right. Mm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So in light of, you know, the the personal circumstances that we face and in light of the current world situation that we're living in, where do you personally find hope that anchor that you you hold on to? Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, which was one of the things that really, you know, I, I, I later found out the other part of the Seventh Day Adventist, uh, the Adventist side of it, which mm -hmm. is the hope of Jesus coming back mm -hmm. and uh, rescuing us from this world. Um, the fact that no matter how much grief or uh, uh, let down I have in this world, um, how many experiences that I didn't get a chance to experience that there's eternity that's been prepared for me mm. um, and that that Jesus is going to return again. I mean, I, I have to share this verse. It's uh, bring it. It's over in um, John 14. Uh, and, and it says, let let not John 14 begin in verse one. Let not your heart be troubled. Mm -hmm. You believe in God, believe also in me In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Mm. And that's where I put my hope is that, hey, you know, if, if the world were to end tomorrow, um, for the believer, mm -hmm. that's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. But for those that don't know, that those that that did not accept, mm -hmm. that that could truly be the end. Yeah. And so that's where I put my hope is that that I that I believe in a God that has prepared the way for me and that mm -hmm. one day I'll be able to 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 experience uh, a personal relationship with him face to face yeah in eternity yeah i love that i love that so on a on a meta scale kind of the overarching thing for you it's that hope in a god who's prepared a place for you that is is coming back to 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 save you and to to bring you into that close relationship on a on a granular level and on the everyday level what keeps you following Jesus? Yeah. What helps you keep that focus in mind on a real practical way? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to think through this pandemic. I mean, yeah. a lot of times people say, well, when, you, when you're dealing with, 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 with something like this, how do you, um, how do you keep, keep your head? How do you keep yourself balanced? Mm -hmm. And there were things that I was able to do um, before things start closing down that I could not do. Mm -hmm. and, and real basic things like I, I used to go to the gym every morning, yeah. right? Well, I turned that into, uh, you know, we got one of those Peloton bikes and <laughs> I do my workouts at home. Yeah. Um, uh, used to be able to go to I, things that I enjoyed. Um, I enjoy the study portion of church. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the sermons are great. The singing is great, but the portions of it where I'm actually having a, an, an experience and sharing and learning from other people's perspectives mm -hmm. from the word of God. Yeah. And so um, uh, I, I jumped in on Zoom meetings and, mm -hmm. you know, you take a leadership role and you 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 try to bless others. I've always found that um, when on a on a day to day basis, if I'm starting to feel discouraged, if I'm starting to feel like I'm disconnected and I'm falling away from God that I need to bless somebody else. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And it's when I'm blessing somebody else that I feel good about myself. It's when I'm blessing somebody else that I'm feeling closest to God. And so I tried to keep my myself uh, involved and in, in, in contact with doing personal ministry and, and blessing others. And, and it yeah. kind of keeps me grounded. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Juan, thank you so much for sharing your testimony and uh, let me pray you a little bit with questions. Uh, I know I've been blessed by it and I know our viewers and watchers will too. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, brother. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Infinite Hope Podcast. We want to hear from you about this episode. Send us a message on Instagram, leave a comment on the show. Let us hear from you. If you feel blessed, make sure to share this with a friend. And we can't wait to continue with you on our journey to finding infinite hope.